This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 140. It's time to go to counseling! Of the in-between podcast where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. All right. So we have talked about counseling here and there. Many times, the podcast. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what today's episode is going to be is not actually just reasons why every couple needs counseling, but we're actually going to be interviewing a counselor and she's going to be counseling us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the main point of this interview is to know the four clear signs that you need couples counseling. Also, there we all know that there's a huge stigma of counseling, especially when it comes to you and your spouse having counseling together. And maybe one of you feels more comfortable about going and the other one has a bit of hesitation, which is completely normal and understandable. So we wanted to give y'all sort of a sneak peek Mm -hmm. about the things that you may expect if you go to counseling together or as an individual. So we wanted to be able to give you the behind the scenes, so to speak. And and we had we gave the scenario to the counselor to Monica, but we had no idea in which direction she was gonna go. And you'll probably hear it in the interview some oh I didn't want to go there. Awkwardness? Yeah. Yeah. Like, whoa Monica, you're reading our mail here. (laughs) But the beautiful thing about that was even in that short time, she was able to point something out that we just didn't see. Uh And And we actually talked about it afterwards. We did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it opened a great discussion point for us. That's right. So Monica De Cristina is a licensed professional counselor with more than a decade of experience in individuals and couples therapy. She has walked with many people as they process difficult experiences and helps to bring healing to their relationship with themselves and others. She also hosts her own podcast and is a writer and speaker. She carries out her heartfelt mission to guide and collaborate with others in the process of becoming who they are made to be. Awesome. Let's listen in. Well, Monica, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you guys so much. It's so um, it's been so fun chatting with you, and it's so yeah. good to be with you. I'm so honored to come on your podcast. Well, before we pressed record, we actually found a really neat similarity between us that you have kids pretty much the exact same spacing, but just a year ahead. <laughs> so yeah. that's really neat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So today we really wanted to talk to you about the signs that it's time to seek out a marriage counselor. We've heard lots from our podcast family about the year that was like no other, and sort of the tools that they had that maybe they realized was working before, but now it may be a little dull. Mm. (laughs) So before we step into all of that, which we're so glad that you're here to join us today with, we'd love to just really hear your why. Why did you want to become a counselor in the first place? 
Um, it's such a great question. And, you know, the why for me is really personal that I struggled with my own anxiety for years and I did everything I knew to do. You know, I, I went to every um, church opportunity I could go to and, and they were they were helpful, um, but they weren't the medicine that I needed. Hmm. And so I finally found a um, psychologist that was actually a friend, um, a friend's father in college. And when I went to see him, he really had exactly the names for what I was dealing with. There were names. I was so afraid I'd walk in there and he'd say that something was wrong with me. Instead, he really kind of handed me the keys to understand what was happening in my brain. And and suddenly it really wasn't that scary. And I felt free. um, You know, it took it was a journey, of course. Mm -hmm. And I became more and more free to be who I think God made me to be. I was just struggling for so long. And then after that experience, I thought to myself, if I could do anything, it would be to help other people the way I found help. And so that's really why I went into the field is is just to pass that forward. Oh, wow. I love that story about that journey for you. Now, you said something interesting. You said that uh, that uh, he gave you the names. Do you mind just unpacking that a little bit about because people may not understand what that means or like what he gave you a new name, Monica? <laughs> <laughs> well, such a, it's a such a good question. Um, and I and I see this all the time now on the other side of the mm-hmm. couch you know, as a therapist is that oftentimes when we're struggling with something and we don't have a name for what it is, like anxiety, um, mm-hmm. okay. thoughts, um, you know, things happening in your life that have a direct impact on how you view your identity. Those sort of names, when we don't have that, sometimes we just think, well, something's wrong with me right. or I'm not lovable or I'm not good enough. Or if anybody knew about this, they wouldn't, they wouldn't like me. I need to hide this. And so the names that I was given and that I help other people name are, you know, there's, there's really nothing wrong with you. There's actually a a good brain science for why you're struggling with that anxiety. There's, there's nothing wrong with you, but what happened to you caused pain that now has created a filter that you see your life through. And we need to kind of examine that filter together. You know, those sort of things really help us unpack the keeping our identity and worth intact from what we're struggling with. Those are the names. Yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. You know, for our podcast family, as we have husbands and wives listening in and, and fiance and is it fiance? Fiance and fiance. I get, <laughs> yeah, couple, exactly. Girlfriend and boyfriend <laughs> uh, listening in and, and they're, they're experiencing this last year has been uh, ups and downs, right? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're seeking out help and guidance by listening to a podcast like this. And uh, yet there's only so much that Christina and I can do and that we can bring via microphones. Uh, so I guess. Um, for our podcast family, what are some telltale signs that a relationship could benefit from counseling? Mm, and such a great question. Again, you know, um, some of the signs in, in a relationship, so a, a romantic relationship are that um, you find yourself locked in the same patterns, mm. you know, that, that I hear that so often is that we keep having the same fight. Okay. We can't seem to get past it. And we want to. Another telltale sign is that the way that you used to make up, the way that you used to be able to move through a fight and refind each other and reconnect is just 
and that's not working anymore. Oh, okay. The tools that you did have mm-hmm. are no longer working. Another telltale sign is that you feel more and more distant. So, so sometimes I like to think of relationships like magnets. I don't know if you remember in, in um, I don't know what part of school this was, maybe middle school. If you know magnets, they attract to each other, but sometimes right. you flip them. Yeah. They push away, right? You know that exactly. Feeling? Yeah, mm-hmm. that tension there. Yeah, and and that can that can happen in a relationship too, where there's unresolved hurt, there's unresolved pain, or we're just stuck in the same pattern, and we start to kind of bounce off of each other like those magnets. So those were those are some of the signs that I would think. Um, you know, let's let's think about maybe getting some help. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love those signs, and maybe podcast family, those kind of perked up in your mind because, like we were saying at the top of the podcast. You were doing okay. Your relationship was going great. And until the pandemic happened and you lost a lot. Um, Monica, in your experience, as you've been uh, counseling couples or individuals throughout this pandemic, can you talk a little bit about maybe the stressors that were unique to this time so other people can see like, oh, I'm not alone, Mm. that we're naming these struggles so other people can really realize that, oh, oh, there's a name to this. Oh, what I'm feeling is not abnormal. Absolutely. You know, I think that a couple things come to mind. One is that um, another sort of word picture is, you know, uh, if you if you were to build a bridge, you know, or I remember building a balsa wood bridge. Is that what it's called? Balsa wood bridge yeah. in high school? Where yeah. yeah. Okay. Kind of see how much weight you can put on it. Right. Relationships are really like that. In the pandemic, what we've seen in mental health is that the weight on the bridge is sometimes just too much. Right. If you think about the global traumas that are happening and that everyone's reading about, that is an emotional weight that's on your relationship. And your relationship, it didn't sign up for that new weight, right? Mm. And you all kind of stumbled into this pandemic right. without doing our homework or preparing because none of us knew. None of us exactly prepared, right? And so the emotional tolls of um job loss, job fear of job loss, mm-hmm. fear of your loved ones getting sick. Um, you know, losing loved ones. There's been so much loss that has, that weighs down a relationship. And sometimes it's as simple as we underestimate how much we're carrying together as a couple, Mm. you put together both of your families, both of your friend groups. If you have children, your children, you're carrying so much on that Mm. bridge together, you know? And so sometimes that bridge just needs some extra support, right? Or we Mm. need to just back to the naming idea. When we start to name what's on it, it feels less heavy. It doesn't fix it, mm. but it feels a lot less heavy. So that's something I've seen it. One other thing that I've definitely seen is that one part of the couple might be struggling more than they did before the pandemic. Okay. So yeah. one person might find themselves feeling more depressed, feeling more anxious, um, you know, just hitting the pandemic wall mm-hmm. um, that so many people have hit. It's just kind of an emotional wall where you just don't have the energy to do it anymore. Um, One person in the couple is struggling. The couple has to recalibrate. How are we as a couple going to flex and move around this? The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of the Dead Sea Squirrels. 
Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I, I especially that illustration of the bridge, because mm-hmm. I think sometimes the hardest thing about counseling is the unknown, and that there are so many stereotypes from media and all the stigmas, stigmas, and exactly. all that. Right. So I think one of them is definitely this sense that you know I'm going to go to counseling and they're going to blow that bridge up, <laughs> and I, <laughs> right? But I but I love what you said. I was like, perhaps. It's sometimes just adding additional support to that. And, and that's such a beautiful picture. So um, I'd love for you to just share what a couple could expect in their first session of counseling. If they're like, okay, Monica, all right, it's not sounding as bad as I thought it would. <laughs> exactly. but, 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 but seriously, like if I, if I were to knock on the door and, and get there or open up the Zoom for Zoom counseling, <laughs> or whatever, right? I mean, what could they expect during that first session and also beyond? Um, okay. So, you know, of course every therapist is different, but in general, I would say, and and I would say how I practice is the first session. Um, you're going to, I always have a phone call before the first session. It kind of gets the jitters out. It kind of helps us hear each other's voices. Um, they kind of get to feel me out because my, the clients or the couple's comfort is most important. And so that first session, I always start actually by asking, how are you feeling about being here? You know, what is it like? It's not an average Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that you sit down with a stranger to talk about your life. And so I like to just normalize that at the beginning. And sometimes it's not uncommon for one of part of the couple, the, you know, say the husband or the wife to be quite nervous. And so then we just kind of name that. And I, and I just ask them to help me um, if I ever say anything that feels uncomfortable to them. Mm-hmm. So automatically I'm trying to collaborate and we're right. on the same team. Oh, and I love, I loved how you said about blowing up the bridge that, that, uh, you know, what a therapist should be trying to do is to join with the couple, right? Oh. I, I talk about it like a team. We're on the same team and nobody's on trial here. You know, nobody, nobody's on trial. We're just going to together look at what's not working and what's hurting. And then from there, the first session, we just kind of start present day. What's going on that, and it doesn't have to be organized or linear that we're going to sift it together. And then from there, we'll talk about family history. Um, And some couples therapists do that separately. They have a separate sort of session. I did that many years ago. Um, but I have found in through different training to do that together because it can be really powerful. You think, you know, your um, partner's story, right? We all think, oh, I knew that. I knew that. But when you hear it in this way, it can be really disarming and actually very bonding. Um, So so then we'll kind of go from there. We'll, we'll weave in family history and then we'll name together what's not working and, and eventually get to sort of tools and what might help. Um, but overall, it's not a scary process. I understand why it feels scary because mm-hmm. I, at one time, as I said at the beginning, went to therapy and I was scared, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't be a scary process. And that's a good sign of if you have a good fit with a therapist is that they they are making you feel comfortable. That's a really important part okay. of the process. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love how you said that, that y'all are a team, right? That we're all on the same side. Now, Monica, I'm wondering what happens if, like you were saying, sometimes the couple, uh, one is more anxious or just struggling a little bit more and the other one is doing better. I say that in air quotes. But um, what happens if one side of the couple really wants to pursue counseling and the other side is dead no will never don't you dare drag me because i will just kick and scream and yeah, or shut right. down uh, what then yeah or even culturally yeah. it's just that's i true. mean i know yeah. for many asians there's this sense of hey we don't want to air our garbage we don't we want to save face we don't want anyone to know mm. what's really going on so counseling nope that's not even something that's culturally appropriate Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with that, is this, a, is this, um, these are people that are still considering, they haven't come into the office yet. Is that kind yes. of what we're thinking about? Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't think any of this is uncommon, right? I just want to mm-hmm. normalize that first. I think there's such important insights. And when, when say, say it's um, a, um, a couple where one person is really pro-counseling and the other person isn't, some things that can help is to have the person who isn't, or if it's for cultural reasons that it feels like this isn't something I should do, mm-hmm. to have that phone call with the therapist. Mm-hmm. You know, that I tell clients, I empower them and say, listen, I want you to think of yourself as a consumer. You're, you're looking for a therapist that feels good to you. And that's important culturally, faith-wise, background-wise, training-wise, everything that you find a therapist that feels good to you. So I would encourage the person who's more nervous or concerned about it to, to ask if the, if the therapist doesn't do a phone call to ask for that phone call and to be able to feel it out themselves. Um, And then if the, if one of the partners is really still resistant to the ideas, then I would encourage the other person to find individual counseling because they can pursue their own work. And if they're really interested, you know, sometimes we we can't rush our partners and they just may not be for a a number of reasons where we are, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't get help if we feel like it would benefit us because individual therapy won't be the same as couples therapy. Yeah. Certainly could help, you know, what's going on and just give you support too. Oh, okay. okay. Now, do you have couples that, so were in that uh, zone of one of them was going to individual counseling and then, and then the other uh, side of the couple decides, okay, actually I am ready to go to couple counseling and then they choose another counselor. Has that happened? Exactly. That exact scenario has happened more times than I can count Mm. that I see um, an individual who wanted to do couples work. The partner wasn't ready. Eventually the partner is ready. And I do send them to someone else for many, many reasons. It just wouldn't, it wouldn't be a good idea. I don't cross over between individual and couples. So why is that? Um, Typically, and you know, there are people that might do that. Typically Mm -hmm. what can happen is say, if I've been seeing, um, a wife for six months and then the husband decides he's ready for therapy. Well, he's going to walk into that room to an established relationship. He might kind of feel like understandably like, Hey, am I about to get ganged up on? Yeah. Right. Because because he's and his wife has probably understandably been talking about their relationship. And so it just is more fair for the couple to be the client themselves and to see someone both new for the first time. 
Okay, oh, well, okay. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm that glad does. that you clarified that because other podcast family, you might be seeing a counselor yourself and then your partner decides, okay, let's do this. Maybe that's something that you want to talk to your own counselor about, like what are the next steps? Should it be something we continue p- to pursue or do I just see you for individual counseling and then see another counselor for couple counseling? I love uh, even that little tidbit that you gave yeah. us, Monica, because I do think that would make a huge difference. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At BOW, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So, whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, yeah. so okay, so, you know, it's... Speaking of nervous. Yeah, speaking of nervous. <laughs> yeah, what's interesting is, so Podcast Family, this is, uh, we're not just talking about counseling mm-hmm. or wanting to remove some of the stigma around it. We actually want to get into the nitty gritty and give you a role play so that you can get a, in a sense, a deeper insight into what a counseling session may look like. Right. And so... Uh, as we talked to Monica before this, don't worry, we're not springing this <laughs> upon her like surprise, we're getting free counseling now. <laughs> So, um, yeah, and just really like Daniel, you were saying that we do really do want to remove the stigma of counseling Mm -hmm. because we believe in it and we know how helpful it is. And regardless if your relationship is on the rocks, you feel like your bridge has a lot of pieces missing Mm -hmm. versus uh, or even if your marriage is just going, your relationship is going great, but you feel like maybe you want to be proactive in case something else happens, in case more weight happens happens on that bridge that you are uh you didn't ask for Mm -hmm. or you you didn't feel like you were ready so what we're gonna do podcast family is for the next little bit uh, we'll give you a scenario that daniel and i have actually experienced and worked through uh but we'll try to be as as vulnerable as we can i know that um who yeah. knows? Somebody may cry. <laughs> so this this was about 10 years ago, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll read the scenario so everybody's on the same page and then we'll get into it as mm-hmm. as if we are meeting Monica for the first time mm-hmm. in our counseling session post the phone call that yep. we've already done. Yep. Okay. We ready? All right. Yeah, ready. ready. <laughs> okay. Daniel and Christina have been married for five years and have two young children. Daniel works full-time outside of the home, and Christina is a stay-at-home mom with lots of energy and dreams of working outside of the home when the kids are older. For the past year, Christina has become increasingly upset at their relationship. She feels as though Daniel does not listen to her and does not hold her opinion as equal to his. She has talked to him about it before, and he has agreed to try to listen more. 
However, when it comes to making decisions for the family, like where to spend money, what if activities to enroll the kids in, where to go on vacation, she feels like he expects the final decision to be up to him. Daniel grew up in a family that was very patriarchal. He remembers seeing his dad make all the final decisions and his mom really never complaining about that fact. All right, that was a lot. <laughs> but this is this is us. Yes, yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, um I would say that, you know, in in this scenario that we've we've met, we've 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 talked about those things that we already went over like seeing how comfortable you guys are, right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about all of that. And so what we kind of would want to do is just is is dive in since that's what's fresh, we would start there and start okay. sifting together. So one of the things, you know, there's about probably 20 directions I could go as a therapist, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, just, just because, you know, there's so many different ways and I think they could all be fruitful. So mm-hmm. I want to disclaimer about that. But one of the um, the thoughts would be, I could start with asking Christina, you know, that I wonder what it's like for you that I hear that there's some frustration, mm-hmm. right? That there's yes. a pattern that happens. And I wonder what it's like for you to maybe feel like, and you tell me if I'm wrong now and always, I always say that to my clients, Okay. to be able to partner with your husband in lots of other areas, maybe, but when it comes to decisions like this, mm-hmm. you don't feel that same partnership or that same invitation. And I wonder if underneath the frustration, what you might also feel. I wonder what, what, what emotions do you feel when, if you're frustrated, it's kind of top level, but if we go under that or more, more of our vulnerable feelings, what does it feel like when Daniel doesn't share that decision-making with you? Mm -hmm. I feel, especially in my childhood, seeing my parents, uh, I've, feel like my mom always had the final say unless it was my dad who really would put up a stink and then my mom would um would be like okay concede like okay you never really speak up so I'm gonna listen to you when you do and so it feels when Daniel doesn't uh include me in the final decisions it feels abnormal because that's not how my family worked and it feels wrong like hey this is not the way it should be. I should be able to have an opinion. I should be able to, not that you don't let me have an opinion, but it just feels frustrating because it feels, yeah, it, it literally feels wrong to me because that's not how I was raised. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm wondering if you could tell us and, and Daniel more important than me, um, what what happens to your feeling of connection with Daniel when when that happens? You know, does that you know, if we were to kind of rate, you know, from one to 10 with 10 being, I feel very connected to my husband and very close right? versus one, obviously not feeling when this sort of pattern happens or, or rears its head in the relationship, how connected do you feel or disconnected? I feel really, really disconnected. I wouldn't say one, but I would say if I feel like my voice isn't being heard time and time again, it, it, really quickly decreases where I feel like I'm like, fine, if you want to make all the decisions, then fine. I don't have a voice. I'll just, I'll just literally zip my lips and you make everything. You think you can do everything? Go ahead. Do everything. (laughs) Let's see how it feels. (laughs) So not a good, that's a disconnection. (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, and that, and that feels like a wall, right? Yes, a wall, wall so. goes up sometimes when we're feeling hurt and disconnected. Um, Daniel, I wonder for you, as you listen right now, mm-hmm. to what Christina is sharing and, and how, um, disconnected that makes her feel right. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of back to that magnet idea that kind of pushes her away when she's yeah. not invited in. I'm wondering right now, not in a, not in a fight, but just this moment, what does it feel like to hear your wife who I know that you love and care about? What does it feel like to hear her say that? Yeah, I guess I, I guess I didn't ever think or know that it made her feel that way. And I mean, that's not what I want and or ever desire when we do make decisions. So yeah, it's, it's surprising for me that uh, as you went from frustration to, hey, here's um, the underneath the surface, what you're feeling. Yeah, I, I think the frustration piece was just like, a, well, we just disagree, right? Or you want it this way and I want it this way. And, you know, let's figure it out. I didn't realize that it was a connection thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, Daniel, I wonder for you, um, sort of the same kind of question, you know, if we were to think, so this is, this is, um, you know, in the future, we would have family there, you know, family sessions where we talk about your family history, which I think mm-hmm. would be really rich with this question in particular, but I wonder, Daniel, um, when you think about making the decisions, and you think about that, that is a pattern that maybe you inherited from your own upbringing. Mm-hmm. If you were to drop down, I wonder what comes up for you if you were thinking about um, giving that up or changing that mm-hmm. or thinking about staying with that. I wonder what is it like if you could educate Christina and I, what's it like the vulnerable part of that for you? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. I I guess I never thought about it like that. When I think about giving up decision making, especially within the home, it almost makes me feel like I'm less of a man. Uh, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) Uh oh, (laughs) didn't think it'd go here. Well, you know, Daniel, one one of the things that, you know, I I would tell clients and and do tell all the time is that I want to normalize that. Mm -hmm. You know, it it really, it doesn't surprise me to hear you say that because I've heard people say very, very, husbands say very, very similar things before. So Mm -hmm. you're not alone in that feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, but I wonder, I wonder, Christina, if that might be a new angle on it for you. What's it like to hear, again, dropping down from the frustration where we're running heads, Right dropping down to that vulnerable place that, gosh, there's a spot in Daniel that giving that up might make him feel like less of a man. What is it? What does that feel like to hear today? Uh, it makes me understand you more. Mm-hmm. And I also, instead of that disconnection, it makes me want to uh, connect with you more to draw closer to you. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know how that works in the sense of, okay, I want to empower you to feel like a man and to make those decisions, but also I want my voice to be heard. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, I don't know how that works because to me it it feels and seems like that's sort of opposites. Mm-hmm. Like we're both trying to feel we're both we're both trying to feel power in yeah. in making decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for really different reasons too, right. right? 
And so I wonder, you know, there's, if, if we had, you know, an hour long session, there's a, a bunch of different directions we could go now, you know, but one of the things I want to point out is that what we do is we drop down to the vulnerability. It's really easy to, to mm. be mad at each other when you're not seeing each other's vulnerabilities, mm. you know, but when you start to really hear that, that feeling underneath for both right. of you it seemed like it really drew you together. Like, oh, I didn't know you felt that way. Yeah. And we tap into that love and that compassion and care that we actually still have for each other, even when we're frustrated. Um, and so, you know, there's, a, again, a bunch of different directions we could go. Um, but one of the one of the directions is part of therapy is discovery, right? Again, we're not mm-hmm. going to bridge. We're just going to be curious. We're going to be mm-hmm. lovingly curious. And I wonder with this in particular thing is, what could we gain? You know, what, what could we, Daniel and Christina as a couple, if we did this differently, you know, if you made decisions as a team, what could you gain? I wonder. Yeah. I guess for me, I didn't realize um, that your mom made most of the final decisions. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, yeah, that didn't even, so, so for you to expect that, or think that that was normal. Right. It's, I didn't realize that we really did come from two different places. Mm-hmm. So it, it helps me understand uh, the importance of doing it mutually together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think both of our defaults when we get frustrated is to just, you know, relinquish and, <laughs> or, you know, fight for, or we just relinquish. Right. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see the times that we have really put in the hard work to come to an agreement, not just a fine, you do it or mm-hmm. fine, I don't care. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like that's been really powerful that it's like we're the unstoppable couple. Yeah. If we're both on each other's side and mm-hmm. each other's team versus against each other because it's all that energy and all that frustration, like butting heads uh, versus like, okay, let's, you know, hold hands and, and run towards it yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's such a powerful image. I love that image so much. And it's like, it's like the two of you can do, can be unstoppable, like you said, right? right. When you're when you're connected. And so what I hear you could gain is, um, is a sense of belonging and empowered and like, we, we can take on a lot of things when we're united, mm. when we're united right. as a couple. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that we would do if this was real therapy too, mm-hmm. is we might talk about some of your strengths. You know, it's not all just okay, tell me where I'm wrong. There's a lot of strengths that we might go into. Like, like I might, I might ask Daniel, you know, what are some of the things that you respect most about your wife? You know, I I know before we hopped on this recording, just talking about the things that Christina is doing. And I imagine you have great respect for your wife and her ability to navigate the kids and navigate all these other things. And, and so that might be a question I would ask is, you know, maybe would you mind telling Christina, what are some of the ways that you really respect her opinions and respect her decision-making to kind of help make that bridge too? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that yeah. would be, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, I don't know if, you, yeah, there's a lot that I could say, so. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, well, thank you, Monica. I really appreciate you, you know, digging deep and helping us process this. I'm wondering too, as we like, you know, let's say we finished up our first session and and we're talking about strengths and all of that. I think people in the back of their head, I know finances can be a little bit of an issue too. So they're thinking, okay, uh, how many sessions is it going to take? <laughs> To solve this issue because we only have so much insurance. <laughs> right. right. And then like, you know, I, I would love to invest into our marriage that way of, but it's just, we just don't have the, you know, beyond whatever session. So sort of what happens, like, is that part of the discernment process? Like, oh, we have six sessions, so let's try to work this out or uh, yeah, just talk us through that. Um, great question. And it's just, it's just real life, you know, that we don't, yeah. we, we don't get to live in a, in a therapy session or a moment of insight. We have to be able to find a way to, to bring that to our lives. And sometimes that's time limited because of finances. So right. I would say it's really important to let your therapist know, um, what, what your availability is. Right. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, as a th- the way I practice is I try, you know, as soon as I can with the couple to actually map out their cycle, which is like a circle since for those listening, okay. which is a pattern of when I feel this, this is my behavior. Mm. And then when, and then when I feel this, this is my behavior, like Christina, you already brilliantly named some of those that you kind of, you maybe kind of put up a wall. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what, what, you know, what happens in couples therapy is it's not just insight driven, which is really important to connect and to know each other deeper, but then it's saying, okay, what are the patterns that we find ourselves in the circle, the cul-de-sac we keep going around and what's our exit. Mm-hmm. Ramp? Okay. And so our exit ramp in, in, in a lot of ways is accountability of knowing, okay, I'm feeling this button pushed. Mm-hmm. And I typically put up a wall. So what I'm going to try to do is tell Daniel that button's pushed and my wall's going up. And so you oh, kind of okay. you have that exit ramp and reach around that mm-hmm. moment where you would normally disconnect. And so every couple is different. It's such an annoying therapist answer, but it's true. <laughs> yes, yeah. Every issue is different as far as how long it would take. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of what I would empower your listeners to do is to be very vocal with your therapist. Again, you are in the consumer power position. You are right. the one trying to get help. And so saying to your therapist, listen, we, we don't have a lot of sessions and we really need some help. Can you give us some tools to take home? Can you give us some, mm. uh, you know, if this fight happens next week between therapy sessions, what would you suggest we do? Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Just, Kind of educating your therapist, which hopefully your therapist will already be trying to do this, that you're the expert on your own lives as the clients and, Mm. you know, educating the therapist on what your needs are. Yeah, that's helpful. And Monica, we so appreciate your time and for this entire episode in providing us with some counseling here that that was not staged in any way. I mean, we (laughs) knew the scenario, but there's a lot of discovery that happened at least on my part, that I was like, oh, interesting. I, I thought this was going to be more like service level, but way to go, Monica. <laughs> Dug deep right in. 
<laughs> no, it was, no, it was. It, we really did appreciate it. So, um, but for our podcast family, where is the best place for them to connect with you to learn more about you? And yeah, and where, listen where to they, your podcast. Yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, I think the best place to find me is on Instagram, just Monica D Christina, and there's no H in D Christina. Mm-hmm. And there, I have everything linked to my website, to articles that I've written, to my podcast, which is called Still Becoming, and then I have an offshoot for kids or for your inner child, which is called Still Becoming Kids. Mm. Oh, I love that. Can you talk a little bit about that? I didn't realize you had a kid line. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I created it because I wanted it for myself and my own kids. Um, I wanted something without loud banging noises or, you know, something that would be sort of calming and that's topical based. It's typically like about 10 minutes and it's made really for, um, kids to listen alone or kids and parents listen together. And it, we go, we talk about all different kinds of things. Like um, one of the ones is um, what do I do when I'm afraid? You know, I I talk about the pandemic too, in the most recent episodes. And then there's always a question at the end to talk to your parents about, you know, that to kind of process it. So it's really fun, and and my kids love it. So they're my they're my test audience. So awesome. That's well, if you idea. know exactly, if you know your own kids are listening and enjoying it, then you know that it's going to pass all the other tests, right? If you can impress your kids, then you know you That's got true. you got That's something true. there. Exactly, exactly. Well, Monica, I love everything. We really appreciate you coming and joining us and trying to you know as we were talking about walls, really taking brick by brick off the walls of stigma that uh, we have and our culture has around uh, um, mental health and as well as counseling. So podcast family really do hope that you will uh, check out all the resources that Monica has. I know right now I've, as we press, you know, stop, I'm going to go and, and look up your kids one because I think how amazing would it be if we were able to normalize naming our emotions as kids mm. that how much further ahead we would be as adults that, hey, this is normal to feel like there's nothing wrong with me it's just that we are naming the struggles that we have or different emotions we have i really think that's powerful so thank you so much Monica, monica for joining us it was amazing it was such an honor and it was so fun to talk to you so thanks for having me on All right. Well, we told you all it was going to get real, eh? <laughs> real awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But I do hope that today's episode has given you perspective and has just taken away some of the stigma mm-hmm. that maybe was lying dormant in your mind, in your heart, in and around this. So if your spouse hasn't listened to this, this would be a great opportunity just to share what you learned in and mm-hmm. through this episode, not saying, hey, listen to this because we need couples counseling, but open it up more from your perspective and be like, man, I used to think this. Now I think this because of this episode. Right. Um, I'd love for you to listen to it as well. And for us just to talk about what was talked about on this episode. Yeah, and what next step that we may want to take together. Mm-hmm. So for more information about Monica and all of the show notes, you can go to inbetween.org slash episode 140. As well, make sure to subscribe because we have so many amazing episodes mm-hmm. and interviews coming down the pipeline and we want to make sure that you don't miss it. That's right. Well, thanks again for listening in and we'll catch you next time.